Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be talking about, I think, a topic that is crucial today. And I think we actually underestimate the value of this topic. You are no wimp when it comes to choosing <laughs> hot topics. But this one uh, is not such a hot topic, but let me tell you, it is a critical topic. I think you're right. It is, it is critical because... Again, we underestimate the value of what we say. Today's topic is from Proverbs 25, 11, What is the benefit of a word fitly spoken? And, you know, because today people don't choose their words very well. As a matter of fact, today people's words aren't even educated sometimes. The people just... are choosing words to attack over. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and here's the other thing. Our definitions keep changing. If you look into the dictionaries, I have an original Webster's like 1950 dictionary, right? Or 1952 dictionary, something like that. And if you look at the words, the definition of words today, and you look at the definition definition of words then, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Yeah, the word gay has completely changed. Completely. Meaning. It used to be happy. Now it's just sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think of the word uh, square. If you called my grandfather square, that was a compliment. That meant he was a man of integrity. Man, his word was his oath. Call me square in eighth grade, I'd punch you in the face. Because, right. <laughs> you know, that's a geek. That's a right, yeah, yeah. He, if you would tell my son he's a square, he'd just scratch his head and like four uh, sides that? equal. Yeah, what does yeah, it mean? Yeah, it just it wouldn't make any sense to him at all. Words really change, and the words are really important. Yeah. You know, I, when uh, Solomon wrote that about words fitly spoken, right. I think there's a, a huge context. And being being preachers, this is, this is our world. Uh, I'll never forget this. I heard it when I was in Bible college. Uh, never forget that when we go out each day, or we, especially when we stand behind this, the pulpit, we're standing between the living and the dead with yeah. a message of life. Yeah. And we just can't be frivolous and just right. like, well, that's how we roll. No, we have to be, have that, we have to be somber. We have to be sober about why we're here. Mm-hmm. There's a place called heaven. God wants everybody to be there. There's a place called hell. He came so nobody has to go there. And he's called us as all believers, all of us, to make a difference. So those that are on their way to hell will be stopped and, and our words are something that can really grab their attention or just write us off. Right. You know, it's so funny when we talk about words. So my pastor, he used to always make this comment, um, uh, divorce is not an option, murder maybe, but never <laughs> divorce, right? And uh, My wife learned that from uh, Billy Graham's <laughs> wife, yes. She, she quotes that. Yeah, and so he said that from the pulpit. And he had for years, and one day there was a lawyer in the congregation after the, that had joined the church. At any rate, after the service, she went up to him and she said, uh, Preacher, you might not want to use that term anymore because you are a person of influence and your words mean something. So if someone goes home and murders, and, I'm sorry, yeah. and murders their spouse, yeah, my preacher said it's my, okay. My preacher said it's okay, and yeah. you can be held liable for that. And you know, he never said it again. Yeah, yeah. Now, he meant it in a spirit of jest, but uh, yeah, because you, be and, you and I know that it was a joke. Yeah, but some people don't look at it that way. So, 
our words mean a lot. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, one of the problems that I have is I've, I've gotten way better at it. <laughs> but I just speak. Like, I just, man, here, you know what? You need to hear it. Boom, there it is. It's your favorite person in the Bible, Peter. Yeah. He, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> I love that about you, Johnny. So, what you see is what you get. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, that uh, in today's world, that is almost not acceptable. It certainly is a yellow caution light in today's world. It is. But, you know, 40 years ago, that would have been, people would have been proud of that. Yeah. That wouldn't have been a problem. They, yeah, they, they would have embraced yeah. it. And those that come to my church, that's why they come is because they're like, Pastor, what I love is you just, you just say it. You, there it is, boom. I love the raw, the honesty, so on and so forth. But then I've had a multitude of people leave my church because of the same reason. They mm -hmm. can't stand it. I'm brash. I'm harsh. Um, I, I'm, uh, there's no compassion in me. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, if I'm teaching and sharing, there's nothing to be compassionate about. I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm passionate about that. But I don't have to show compassion. I'm just giving you information. I'll give you compassion in your, in your situation. But that, dude, well, that you, doesn't I work today. I see you completely give compassion all the time in the physical world, benevolence and care. But in today's world, you know, people are snowflakes and uh, it doesn't take much, you know. It, that's the, dude, there is a meltdown at every turn. Yeah. Wise as serpents, harmless mm -hmm. as doves. And you, it, there's never been a time in our culture where you have to be more cautious. But we can't allow the enemy right. to let our caution put us to a point where we no longer speak truth. Right. There's such a balance today. I mean, that we have to have, and uh, it drives me crazy. I'll be honest with you. I've had people come up to me and they'll go, uh, pastor, <laughs> you wounded me. <laughs> I'm like, how did I wound you? Like, help me out here. And I will have said something or not said something. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it, if the salt has lost its savor, it's therefore good for nothing. Yeah, be cast out, trodden under feet of men. So it's a very delicate balance, and uh, I, I can't say that I'm good at it, but I'm working no. on it. I'm not good. I, you know, John, there's a there's a foundation for this. Uh, kind of, our, he's got. Uh, you're loaded with scripture here that are phenomenal, but there's a foundation upon which our words proceed. Right uh, out of the heart. You know, the Bible says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And our spirit walk, our, our closeness to Jesus, um, our, our, our worship of the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm in that quiet place, that secret place in the morning. He's conditioned my heart and I've confessed to him, I'm nobody. <laughs> I need you. I, I'm, feel, I'm not feeling today. Jesus, help me, help me, help me. And he does. And then um, I'm in that day. And I'm in that moment and my flesh is there and something happens. I want to just rip into it. And then the spirit is there. He's faithful when right. I'm not. And the words that he gives us are gracious in that moment. Yeah. Remember Jesus said, it'll be given unto you yeah. what to say. Well, you know, the crazy thing is today I find I want to punch more people in the face. And I want to give them grace. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I, it is such a struggle. Johnny, you haven't punched anybody in the face in 25 years. It's been a long time. Yeah. A long, it's been close but a the couple of times. The flesh would like to do it one more time. I'm with I you. 
I have dreams where I'm 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 violent and I'm I'm saving hurting people from bad guys. I right. still have these dreams. I'm such a hero in my <laughs> dreams, man. <laughs> I think God wires guys that way, you know. It is and so true. The spirit tames us down. I'm not dangerous, you know. But, right, uh, but but there are times where you're just you know the funny thing with me in school, uh, growing up in school. I was, I was, I fought constantly. I was always <laughs> fighting, but here's the weird thing. I never fought just a fight. Um, you I said to have a cause. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't stand bullies. That was the craziest thing. Like here I am, you know, I'm this, I'm this drug head. I'm, you know, uh, I've obviously never lived a life for Jesus in, in school. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the last grade, that I didn't finish was 11th. <laughs> and, and I, uh, of course I went back and got my GED and then I went back and got a college degree. So education is very, very important. Make sure that you hang in there. And, uh, but, but the thing that I would do is if I found you picking on someone, yeah. dude, my whole life has been this way. If I, because I couldn't stand bullies. Yeah, you, you, somebody's got to bully the bullies. Some dude, I was the one that took care of the bullies. I was, like you didn't make fun of anyone. I would take you out, and then that way I got to fight and still look like the hero. <laughs> <laughs> Just using the bullied people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I look like the good guy, and I got to do what I wanted to do. That's yeah. terrible. Kids are a lot safer on the playground. Playground when the uh, the bully's a good guy. Right. The one that bullied the bullies away. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to, but I mean, you think about our lives, dude, it's so funny. And then, you know, the reason that I picked this topic and, and I picked this one, right? <clears throat> because honestly, guys, this is a weakness of mine. I, I am, I'm diligently working at it yeah. and I'm really trying hard, especially because we have a society today that cannot handle bluntness. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just, they can't handle it. And so if we're going to win society and yeah. win the people, excuse me, we have to make the adjustments yeah. necessary to keep reaching them. Yeah. You know, I have people in my, in my church that'll say, pastor, you should have said this a little bit firmer. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't want to lose people. Yeah. We're called to reach the generation uh, that we're in. Yeah. If you were a missionary to Sodom, you know, you you just have to. I don't know that I could be. <laughs> well, you that's know why what, God Johnny? didn't call me there. Yeah, you're not far from it. <laughs> God was going to give a movie title to America today. I think it would be called Sodom Two. Yeah. So yeah, the return of Sodom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sodom resurrected from the ashes. <laughs> but we can't condemn the culture that we're trying to reach. Right. Uh, lost people think lost They're there's in spiritual darkness. Right. They do lost things. And we were told prophetically what society would be like, uh, had they've turned away from truth and, and embraced fables and we can't go along and just make fun of where there are. We have to have empathy. If, if we heard what they heard and didn't hear, what we did here, we'd probably be right there with them. I'm working hard. I'm studying right now the woke culture, how they think, uh, because I want to reach them. And they're not evil because they're woke. They're woke because they're uninformed to spiritual truths. And so I have to be cautious with my language right. uh, 
to to not turn away the people I'm trying to reach. Well, and not only the language, not only the words that we choose, but the tone in which we oh, choose them. Huge, John. Huge, huge point. One of the my one of the biggest issues that my wife has with me <laughs> <laughs> is 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 my tone right home is the petri dish <laughs> yeah she's like yeah she yeah. goes you know i don't mind some of the things that you say i just hate the tone that you say it in and and it's because i just say it we just need jesus to sweeten up our tone amen yes yeah well here all right even in church people look at me i i don't this isn't personal for me this isn't like i, I it's not a an issue for me to me is black and white. Just say it, be done with it. Here you go. And we're, and it's over. It's not, uh, it's not personal. This isn't against my feelings. I'm not trying to attack your feelings, but women need a softer tone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes just in general, we need a softer tone. Yeah. And I don't always have that. But I think Jesus exemplified that. There was a time when his tone was harsh to the Pharisees. Yeah. It was in their face. You generation of vipers. Uh, you draw nigh to me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Yeah. You whited sepulchers. You inside. Yeah, your father you, is the devil. Yeah, he was straight up. Yeah. But when it came to the harlot, you know, fallen woman, right. you know, go and sin no more. Right. You know, right. And and sometimes I think we we have to be aware of the people we're talking to, and you know, because sometimes we're talking to the Pharisee, and sometimes we're talking to mm-hmm. the one who is mocking and hates God, and so we we respond accordingly. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 uh, uh, your father is the devil. You know, so, so but then when we get to like the harlot who was broken, yeah. You know, so tender with her. Jesus, man, immediately adjusted and went into that. And and I I feel like I do that. Uh, I've seen you do it, Johnny. You but, do it very well. But the, sometimes, though, the people that I just speak to, they feel I'm harsh. Mm-hmm. And maybe I am harsh, but why do I need to take 20? And, and this is what I did. And I have to be careful. Why do I need to take 20 minutes to coddle you and get you all pliable so you could handle what I could have said in 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think one of the great uh, preachers of yes. Oh, our uh, Billy Sunday, Billy Sunday. He was pretty straight up evangelist back uh, professional baseball player and a fabulous evangelist. And they say, well, Billy, you're a great preacher, but you just rub the fur the wrong way. He said, then turn the cat around. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Turn the cat around. And if people would just turn the cat around, yeah, turn Johnny, their lives Johnny around. Johnny and Billy be just fine. <laughs> oh, man, he and I, we would hit home runs together. <laughs> so let's look at the passage here in Proverbs 25, 11 through 14. I'm going to read it, and then we're just going to break it down, read through it, and also explain uh, the importance of this topic. Uh, because, and, and I'll be honest, listen, guys. Sometimes our patience dealing with the, this woke culture, the snowflake culture, sometimes our patience runs short because it seems like, oh, my goodness, I just had this conversation. I just had this conversation. And then if we're not careful, we lose patience with the wrong people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to be cautious of that as well. 
Proverbs 11 through 25, 11 through 14. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver, <clears throat> like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold. It is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. We see this all of a sudden this attachment here as well as is it's a wise rebuker. It's one who who speaks in wisdom and chooses their words wisely, right? To to lift up and edify someone. But it's also some dependence here on the obedient ear, the one that's listening. That that will determine, if you will, how we speak to them. Mm-hmm. If I have someone that doesn't like like if my child Okay, I'll give you a beautiful example. My mom. My mom would say things, and my brother would respond with whatever. <laughs> now, my mom was a heavy set woman. But, dude, all of a sudden, it was like she was a bullet. She would be on him like white on rice, dude. She would snatch him up. She hated that word. And it wasn't the word whatever. It was the tone in which it was her, the response was. There was no obedience to that whatever. Mm-hmm. And, man, my mom, she would fly. You did not say whatever to my mother. She would beat the crap out of you <laughs> with a, with a uh, plastic spoon. <laughs> <laughs> She was nasty with that spoon. So, so uh, as a wise rebuker to an obedient ear, and so we hear we hear wisdom from the deliverer and obedience from the receiver. Mm-hmm. Two right. way street. It is a two way street. Verse thirteen, like the cold of snow in time of harvest, is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. Whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. And so, in other words, there's, there's no, there's this expectancy if you're a farmer that you wanted the rain and then you see these clouds that mm. look like it's a promise, but then deliver nothing. Fr- I am a farmer and I've had that feeling a lot of times. Right. But boy, when it comes, how sweet how it is. How sweet it is. So when we look at Solomon, uh, he literally, he presents a series of, of symbolic statements, if you will. But there's a lot of sophistication in his speech. He begins with a word fitly spoken, like let's set this up, right? Uh, the importance of speaking not only mm-hmm. the right things, but with the right delivery or the right tone and the right timing. Yeah, yeah. I think we've had that experience where we meet people and they're just so uh, inappropriate. And I don't mean in a sexual or man or anything like that but uh, they just say too much too fast it's like here's my life story and it's like you just want to pull back from that Mm -hmm. and but there's that that fitly spoken i love that framed you know you're hey how you doing oh you get on an airplane there's an introductory talk you're chitting chit chat with somebody and then you you're with somebody and they just it's like oh i don't know if i want to even have a conversation that was a little awkward right and i don't want to be that person i I want to just be gracious and have a smile and be warmth and create interest, I think, is right. Jesus did that. He well, created interest. One of the problems that I have sometimes is someone will say, hey, pastor, can we meet and talk? And I, yeah, let's get together. So we'll sit down. And I can, I, I have this ability to read people very well. Mm-hmm. And we'll sit down and they'll tell me the problem that they're having before I set it up to where it can be received well. 
I just immediately tell them the problem. Mm -hmm. So, for example, one time this lady comes to me and we have this meeting. Of course, my wife is sitting there and we're talking. And she tells me, I give her 20 minutes to tell me what's going on, right? And she could have done it in 60 seconds, but... No, no, yeah, right. (laughs) Sorry, I just violated my own uh, counsel here. (laughs) I just wanted you to feel better, John. (laughs) She gives me her... She gives me this whole stuff, right? And at the end of it, this this was my response. Because I saw the problem immediately... But I, I should have, I should have caressed this a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. I should have waited until we were turning the cat rather than just full on. And I said, "Well, the problem is, uh, you're incredibly selfish, and you've made this all about you." That was my, that was my immediate response. <clears throat> to which the response back was uh, a tilted head, raised eyebrows, and what do you mean? Like, how, how dare you tell, call me a selfish person? I'm very giving. Well, then as we work through it, so I dropped the bomb up front and then caressed the damage is what I did. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's better to do it the other way around. You know, I was, as you're sitting there, I'm, I'm flashing back to when I was on that hot seat, having the same talk, took 30 minutes to just tell me. And about three minutes into the thing, I, I had a little pad. And I always take notes when I'm counsel people are speaking and I'm, I'm, I'm tuning, I'm tuning them in and they know that. And I, so I had written down some things and this gal said, well, you took a lot of notes. What did you say? And I said, well, do you really want to see my notes? <laughs> I said, I think I figured out. I really think I come to the, the heart of the issue. Yeah. I want to see it. And every time she wrote, she said, me, I wrote down me. I wrote me in check mark. I check mark. Uh, 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 I me or mine. My yeah, everything boom, boom, about boom, that boom, person. Boom. Yeah. And I, and I just showed it. I showed her the the picture and or the the, the chart. Yeah. I said, you use me, mine, I, um, one hundred and eighty nine times in fifteen minutes. Oh my goodness. It was all about her. And I said, if you could just insert Jesus and others about 60% of the time, you said, I, me, or mine, I think a problem, I think you just have lost perspective. Right. It's never about me. It's about God's glory and edification of others. So we get down to the heart. And she did receive it. Mm -hmm. She did receive it. It's like, Wowzer. Yeah. And I said, I, and, and the lady that I was speaking with at the end of the conversation, she received it as well, turned her life around and she's yeah, been faithful yeah. in my church ever since. Yeah. Yeah. God give us wisdom, you know, in the moment. Um, I, I don't want to hurt people that are coming for help, but a lot of times people don't really come for help. They just come for a shoulder to cry on. And if I just let people cry on my shoulder and just coddle them and not give them truth, then I right. didn't help them. Right. Another thing I've had happen in, in council, uh, uh, kind of on these things where you're kind of walking on eggshells and, uh, you know, oh, Pastor, I love you. You're always there for me. You, you know, and every day you're always there for me. I love you so much. You're always there for me. And it's like, stop saying that. I feel like I'm wasting your time and mine. I s- would say to them, uh, you know, about how many times have we met? And they say, oh, you know, man, man, man. 
you know, like this is like maybe the fifth or sixth time. I said, you know, so you know I love you, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. And I said, let's circle back around. What what was our topic the very first time? Mm-hmm. And she tells me what the topic was. And guess what? You're still on the We're same still topic. on the same topic. Yeah, and that's the problem with that is they're not, like you keep pouring in, but they don't receive they're not obedient. Yeah. I, I think sometimes just because they don't quite get it. A moment ago, you used the, the, the word brokenness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's the key. That, yeah. If you're not broken, you're not ready to be repaired. Yeah. And well, if you're I'm, not ready to be repaired, you're not ready to hear and what's going to fix you. I think when you and I, uh, we're trying to represent Jesus well in, in, in kind of conflict, confronting people who, the Bible says, in humility, we uh, kind of confront those people who oppose themselves. They don't even understand that. Right. But it, and they're probably not broken. They're desperate. Right. But Yeah, and by the way, that, that is huge. <clears throat> A lot of people that are desperate feel like they're ready, but they're just desperate for it to end. They're not actually ready for it to end. Yeah. But you got two people in this conversation and with God, with, through the Lord, we can make sure one of those people is right. broken. Right. Us. So I'm not going into. Yeah, that's a great point. Right? I, I'm not going into this um, conflict or this consultation, or I'm not going in to try to win anything. I'm going in to love somebody unconditionally. I'm coming into it to give them truth that so far they've kind of not gotten right. because they don't want it or they just haven't gotten it yet right and so yeah some people are like peter man it takes a long time for it to sink in and that was jesus himself yeah that was jesus himself he told peter what you're going to do no i'm not and then <laughs> he turned around and did it every time and then the bible says jesus turned and looked upon peter after he did that in three times he passed can, okay can you imagine well well we do know what happened because it also says that after jesus and peter made eye contact mm-hmm that Peter realized it, remembered the words of Jesus, and then he ran out and, and wept, wept. And that bitterly. When you study that out, it literally means he became physically ill, mm-hmm. that he was weeping so much, or so, so, uh, he was so broken that, that that's the key. Yeah. So when I'm working with people, uh, which is like all the time, I, I have actually a sheet. This was so important in my ministry. I had a, I have to bring it to you if I can, if I can pull up one now. On one column, I have desperation and the things that desperate people do. And then, then on the other column, I have brokenness and the things broken people do. And they're opposite. Complete. Complete opposite. Isn't that amazing? And so I, when people sit down, I'll, I'll say, I want I want you to take sixty seconds and identify to me your problem. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a problem resolution, you know, solution chart. And then I want you to you know take the rest of your story and 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 superimpose it over this little chart I'm gonna give you. And people are like, oh, okay, uh, right? It's not quite what they're looking for. They have a hard time getting the sixty second summarization because they and I said, "Well, we'll do the full the full version in a moment." But I want to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to use your time wisely and my time wisely. Because otherwise, they'll sit there with you for five hours. 
just to pour their heart yeah, out and, and, and go and, and repeat and, what and they're doing. People need somebody to talk to, and yep. there's a time right. to listen, and I understand that. Um, but when you're pastoring 100 people or 500 people, you time is of, of essence. They'll give me the summarization of, of the problem, and, and I t- I'll tell them up front and say, you know, what I've learned over the years of, of working with people is a lot of times what we think the problem is isn't really the problem. And so I give them the sheet, and they're reading it, you know, desperation, and they're like, yeah, that's how I feel. That's how I feel, brokenness. Desperation, yeah. <laughs> brokenness. And then desperation is all about me. Brokenness is all about God's glory. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have fallen short of your glory, Lord. Brokenness really is surrender. Yeah, yeah. And when I've had, literally, I've had people read that, and I've had I've had some people just weep. Yeah. And say, I, I don't even need to tell you the rest of the story. Here's my answer. Once they get it. Once they get it. We don't then they it. love you, Johnny. <laughs> then they love you. And broken people will love us. They will. But desperate people might not well desperate people will leave because you're not fixing their problems because they haven't seen it yet yeah. and, and it doesn't because you can't get them there because they're not ready to receive yeah. a word fitly spoken and they're not they're not the obedient ear it does take both solomon stresses the importance of good counsel that's why he goes into 11 through 14 in chapter 25. By the way, the word fitly in Proverbs 25, 11 occurs only here in the Old Testament, nowhere else. And so some translators will take this as a word to mean spoken at the right time or at the pro- proper time or in its right season, if you will. Solomon is emphasizing the counsel to the speaker of Listen, you know, you, you have to say the th- right things at the right time for them to have the most impact. There's a scripture, I'm forgetting where it's at now, get old and forget where it's at, but I know it's in there. The Bible talks about being slow to speak right, and quick to hear, two ears, one mouth. And I find that when I want to speak right now, uh, the Spirit oftentimes tempers me and says, listen a little bit more, mm-hmm. listen a little bit more. I have a, 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 a couple pastor friends that just blow me away. They just seem like never say anything stupid. <laughs> We're already under okay. Conviction. So with that, I know you weren't talking about me. <laughs> you're right. You're right, Johnny. And, uh, and the thing I observe about the, they're very few, I'm not that friend. they're very few and far between, yeah. but they're, they're, God has made a couple of them. Some of people, he really has. Yeah. And I think possible Paul would have been one of yeah. those guys for sure. And, and I look at him, and it's like they're the last guy to speak. I'm like the first guy to speak. You know, right. Me, Peter, and you, and Johnny, well, we'll tell you what we think. Amen. Yeah. This guy, he just sits back, and it's like, tell me what you're thinking, dude. You're driving me nuts. And then he speaks gracious words. Right. I was in Springfield, Missouri when I was in college. I was uh, one of the Awana leaders. I was helping in Awanas. And I had this great class, man, of wonderful boys. And so the girls would get the gym first and then, uh, and then, you know, we would study uh, the scriptures going through the lessons and then, uh, then we would go down to the gym and the girls would go in and they would do their study and we'd have the gym second. I love that girls first. Yeah. So we get in there, the girls aren't done yet. And then five minutes go by, girls aren't done. 10 minutes go by, girls aren't done. And then the lady the leader of the girls yelled at my boys because they were getting restless standing there waiting. 
Well, I was <laughs> trouble, 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 <laughs> red lights. So I'm new to the church. Mm-hmm. I'm new to the every, nobody really knows me. I moved there to go to college. Right. And, and I'm helping out. And so, uh, and then the fact that I am, you know, 36 years old at this time, I'm not 18. I went to, I went to college as an older man and I went, stop, stop. I shut the whole gym down. I look at her who grew up in the church, who apparently had this, all this influence. And I said, you were the one that's wrong. You're the one taking up my boy's time. You're the one having no respect for us. You're the one thinking that you are controlling all of this. And now you're yelling at my boys. No, 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 no. This doesn't work this way. I'm telling you right now, you need to be out of the gym. If you did what you were supposed to do, this wouldn't be a problem for anyone. Mm -hmm. Little did I know that the guy that was in there was her husband. And so he comes over to me and he says, "Um, what's your name? I said, it's John Westfall. Here's my address. (laughs) he (laughs) He said, I think that you need to stand there and wait and be quiet. Dude. No. So I lit it up again. Godly, right? But I also tell you this, I, I gained all my boys respect that yeah, day, yeah. like never before, because I'm fighting for them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a, a good coach and a, and a cra- crappy umpire. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the director of Awanas comes in, and he's like, what's going on? And I said, I will tell you what's going on, and this happens all the time, and today she's really abused her time, she's abused our time, and now she's taking it out on the boys because they're getting impatient because they're young kids, right? They're getting impatient, and now she's stopping to yell at them so she can keep taking our time and teaching her girls. And I go, she needs to get her schedule right and get out of here on time and not yell at my boys. I'll take care of my boys. And so they stood there and talked. And then the director, he looked at her and said, "Uh, I think it's time that you take your girls. She goes, I'm not done. He goes, yes, you are. Mm -hmm. So she leaves. By this time now, we only have 20 minutes to do our game time, which it was so unfair. So at any rate, he, um, uh, he sends her on and then he looks at me and he said, Hey, John, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> he said, John, you were right. And what you said was correct. And the stand you took was right. But remember this, you need to be a little more gentle and never be right for right's sake. Just be cautious of that. Yeah. And dude, wow. those words were words, and he was very calm, right? Yeah, true leader. Yep. And those words, that was, let's see, that would have been, that would have been 2003 that he said that. And it's right in the tip of your mind all, the all time. these years later. All yeah. the time. Yeah, that was that never, was a moment. That never would, be right for right's sake. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great moment in time. Um, and the spirit was with him. He's, oh, he spoke. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah, spoke yeah. in the spirit. Yeah. But he also did thank me because she was a problem. <laughs> yeah, and it was <laughs> not a be big a, problem. She was just a problem where she wanted to control everything and thought and everybody and because she would get so and everybody had to bother her and and, and they would. And all of a sudden here, this new guy comes in and goes, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to do this. 
Yeah, I, I think so. So he taught me how to. He taught me how to be right with a right heart, right attitude, and to yeah. be cautious of my words. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 part. Of, those are such awkward moments. Yeah. And his name was Phil Malugin. Love Jesus, you know. But it, see, he was ministering to you because you're an up and coming leader, and he yeah. knew that he could yeah. see that in you, and uh, that's that's a sacred moment. And right. but there's so much that's a loaded moment, and um, because you know the kids were watching, those girls were watching too, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're going to see bad leadership in our lives. We have to learn to overcome right. bad leadership. Um, well, one of the things that we have to remember well-spoken words have attractive and valuable qualities because of the skill and the thought and the artistry that have gone into them. When people speak like that to you, you realize they've actually taken the time to think about what they're going to say before they say it. And you value that much greater than someone just flying off the hook. Yeah. That is, that's the capsule mm-hmm. right there. You see people come in there. It's, it's an emotional moment. And uh, everybody's on hot spot here. She's in the defensive mode, and, and, and we, we kind of on the attack mode because we're justified because right. these are boys, and this is the deal, and you broke the deal, and we're right. And then here's a guy comes in and says, yeah, well, you were right, but and she was wrong. but Yeah, he, he literally – I wasn't off the chart, but I was very firm. And I can, then he, I can see that in you, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I asked once, and – She's like, uh, when I'm done. And then I ask again when I'm done. And then my boys got a little restless waiting, right? And then she yells at them. Mm-hmm. Well, no, 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 no. You, you crossed the line then because now you are yelling at them when you've actually taken, if you would have listened, you wouldn't even be in here to see them be restless. And then you rise up as the, uh, the bully, I'm the, the bully, protector, bully, the yeah. protector, you know, I'm going to take care of this for my boys and yeah, but those are, these are moments God allows us to get into to and see. Those boys still love me on Facebook to this day. <laughs> sure they do. To this day. You're the man. 20 years yeah, later. You don't let that lady shove us around. You know, we got to get our extra 10 minutes of time, you know. <laughs> Girls got 40, we got 20. That ain't yeah. fair. And you know, the crazy thing is we never waited on the gym again. Amen. <laughs> Slow, so, or uh, I, I, I love this. Uh, this gambling term, you got to know when to hold them. When to hold them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty three. I throw in, I throw in gambling lines, and you throw in scripture. <laughs> Pray for me. Pro- <laughs> Pro- Proverbs fifteen twenty three. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good it is, the Bible says. Yeah, when you speak those words of gracious, and sometimes I know that was you, Jesus, that was you, because I was guarded, guarding my words, and I was like holding back, and with your help, I did. And then that, that those right words come out in the right time, in the right tone, and they're received, and that person who receives them is edified, built up, helped, mm-hmm. and then that, that connection between us is right. deeper. Yep. And if that's the goal up front touching somebody where they are. And I, I had a guy in college. Uh, he was the assistant dean of men. His name was Tom Suter. And he just was always like that. You know, it, it, there was conflict all the time. The dorms guys, you know, they literally fights. We had, I broke up several fights in Bible college. You know, guys got the testosterone, 48 oh, guys yeah, on 
one floor, and uh, I was a dorm supervisor. They called us dorm moms. I tell people I had 48 sons before I was even married. I still get a Mother's Day card from George Babcock out of Tennessee every year. I get a Mother's Day card from George, and uh, as a dorm mom, and I, I was just so exasperated. I would go to Tom Suter and just sit there and listen, and he'd smile, and then the, the words that would come out of his mouth were just like, man, you... You're wicked smart. Right. Goes, no, <laughs> Jesus is wicked smart. There's nothing worse than when you know you're right, you're on this rampage, and then this guy says something or someone comes along and says something where it just... Okay. That was such a no-brainer. I know, and I right? didn't get it because I was so emotional. Right. Yeah, you get involved in it. Yeah, oh, I do. I, I yeah. never got over that. Yeah. Yet. I'm still working yeah. on it. But he was, he was so wise, and it gave me hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's hope for me. And, but well, what, and I'll just never forget that guy. Just, and I mean, this was like every week I was in there with, what, well, you know, what would Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that, that's what Jesus would do. Yeah. Yeah. Then I go talk with the guys. Now I'm armed and, you know, I'm All ready right. to go. I'm, and uh, I'll sit the conflict down and I said, you know, and then I. But see, someone spoke wisdom. Someone had an obedient ear and yeah. now we've resolved the conflict. And we got into the broken spirit and everything yep. worked out. Proverbs twelve six. It clearly shows that what we can, what we say can either destroy or save lives. Proverbs twelve six. The words of the wicked are lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Mm-hmm. The words of the wicked are waiting to take someone out, but the words of the righteous will deliver that person. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. This is how important our words are. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I think you need to read that again, John, especially that first part. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that ought to humble us. That ought to break us. Well, you know, James even says, man, it's the tongue. Yeah, it's hardest to tame. The, The tongue is the hardest to tame, and man, listen, it can set the world on fire for evil or for good man it is so important we either bring life or death uh i said something about my daughter uh tori because she's five two and she wanted to go to college to play volleyball well in my ignorance i spoke ignorantly and i told her i said i said sweetie you're you're never going to get a scholarship to play volleyball you're five two they're looking for people six foot okay well, here's what happened. My daughter never forgot those words. And you know what else happened? My daughter is such a good volleyball player. I mean, she rocks it. She, dude, this girl can light up the court. Like, not only in the way she plays, but she it was the captain of her team. She got a scholarship to, to college all four years. She got a. a she do forget she's your daughter or something, dude, right? And so <laughs> she's and, got a fire in her little heart. Well, and here's so here's the funny thing. She looks like her mom, but she acts like me. Right. I'm sign. I'll sign that right now. <laughs> so I forgot like how I am and she's just like me. She's beautiful, but she's tough as woodpecker lips. Amen. She is tough <laughs> as woodpecker <laughs> lips. She got a scholarship to play volleyball. She was the team captain. And I'm telling you this, God is my witness. I am not making this up. If my daughter listens to this, man, I'm her greatest fan. Mm-hmm. And I tell her that all, all the time. I'm like, hey, sweetie, I'm your biggest fan. 
but no joke. She that the team could be struggling in the game, and then they put my daughter in, and every time you'd see the you'd see it change. Mm-hmm. They all of a sudden the momentum would change. It would be on their side, and they would start playing great. She was the biggest motivator for the team. Yeah, she inspired. She uh, inspired. Yeah, yeah. And so then I felt really bad because you know what? My word said you'll never. And uh, of course, praise Jesus, she didn't listen to that, right? And she went. She's like her mother. She's a pretty smart girl, she, right? Yeah. <laughs> and she went after it though. And yeah. then I had to go to her. And, and of course, this isn't the first time, anytime I've ever been wrong with my children, I've went to them and said, I am so sorry. Your dad was wrong. Please forgive me. Yeah. They're quick to forgive, aren't they? You know, well, sometimes they're not as quick as I want to be because they're like, <laughs> they're like I got to think about it. But they always, they, I felt like they've always forgiven me and, and moved on. But, but you know how devastating those words could have been to my daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Praise God that she had the intestinal fortitude to go. Well, your intentions were to protect her from yeah. some realities. Right. And, you know, it, it wasn't unwise uh, as far as uh, information and, and realities. But then you have these special people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's uh, not everybody can motivate. Yeah. I see that so on the basketball girl. court. You know, the great players make others better. And then you, and that was her. Yeah, Even the coach, even the coach would tell her she was the most influential player on the team. Because she would motivate them. That's why she was team captain. So here she is, 5'2", and she's dynamite on the court, man. I'm telling you, this girl can play. She was so good. Her coach, not so much, but she was so good. <laughs> you know, it, it, Her high school coach was awesome. <laughs> what comes to me with our words, the, thing, the words are kind of the outside, but a reflection of what's on the inside. And we're trying to minister to people that are kind of in con- they're already in conflict, right. and that's why they wind up with us a lot of times, especially in pastoral care. Uh, and a lot of times, people are not really broken; they're not really ready to hear what's wrong. So we have to be very wise in how we present it. We've already talked about that, but this is a little phrase that that is it's a lot of power to it. People don't care how much we know until they know. How much we care. Yeah, yeah. And there, there, there's, there's a lot to that. There is. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That is, yeah. God's like, listen, I will hold you accountable for your, not only your actions. Every idle word. But every word. Every word, yeah. Every word. That's you, not my favorite verse in the Bible, John. <laughs> no, because, man, Lord, please forgive me for every idle word, negative and wrong I've ever said. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that's serious because, because we will be held accountable. Paul taught in Ephesians 4.29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That almost is the same phraseology as another verse that I had written down here. All things are lawful for me, Paul said, but not not all things edify. Right. And if I'm thinking ahead of time before I speak, if what I'm going to say is going to edify somebody, it means to, to lift them up, to build them up. Now, obviously, there's times when there's I have to expose sin. That, that's where this thing 
you know, what starts, you know, the friction begins okay. where we have to uh, uh, confront sin. But, but even when we do that, we do it with the word of God. We do it with grace. Yeah. We do it with humility. We do it with love. And when we do it that way, it's just kind of that little letting out the clutch mm-hmm. and you're on the hill. Right. right. <laughs> You just got to be just enough gas and just enough clutch just to just kind of For a nice, go. smooth go. Yeah. Right. I think people can sense that when they're dumping on us or when they've they've kind of gotten in our face. We've talked about it on the podcast before because it happened. Uh, we finished the podcast, ran and grabbed a sandwich. <laughs> At the sandwich shop, Johnny slips around this gal to pay her bill. He always does that. He buys somebody lunch. And uh, she totally freaks she out. She freaks out. And, and her words... Oh my good accusation! Uh, just, you uh, made me uncomfortable. And the lady behind the counter says, "He, he just you bought need your to buy lunch. lunch. Yeah, you <laughs> need to buy me lunch." And 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 I saw that, and yeah. boy, that was a hot spot for you to be on. And uh, the spirit was controlling you uh, completely. You know, I don't punch girls in the face, but our words can. Yeah, your words could have punched her right in the face, yeah. but you didn't. You were just you held it. You just you were you, you didn't. I'm yeah, not gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to let someone's ungodliness dictate my godliness. Yeah, and uh, the girls behind the counter were watching you, and they were loving you so much. They wanted to punch her in the face. They did. <laughs> and, Dude, when uh, we go in there, they're like, hey. They'll never forget and it. They make, when they make our sandwich, they add a little extra. They, yeah. I mean, they, you can tell. They, they make give it. give us special uh, courtesies and attention. And, and discounts. And yeah, there's a, yeah. Uh, but. It's so cool. You know. But that word spoken in due season, and there for you, it it wasn't a word. You never spoke back to her. She just attacked you, and you just turned the other cheek. And uh, but those four workers behind the counter were watching closely. I was watching. You know, it's like oh, I I wanted to rip her face <laughs> off. But so far, through the my forty nine years of walking with Jesus, I've ripped nobody's faces off. Right. But I still do it in my mind. Right, right. You know. So <laughs> I've only, as a pastor, I've only taken two guys to the dirt. Like legit took him down. One guy was drunk and he got very threatening and I wrapped him up and, and took him down. And when we hit, man, there was a thud and it threw him into seizures. Ooh, boy. Ooh, so now I'm pulling his belt off, shoving it in his mouth so he doesn't bite his tongue off. Right. And, and hold it down. And then he comes to, and then he's like, pastor <laughs> all excited to see me and then, and then 15 minutes later i take him down again because he forgot who he was uh, oh my goodness anyway hot spots johnny it hot is spots. so funny right help us jesus um so you know we talk about we can we can tear down people or we can build them up uh in luke four twenty two, it says this jesus gives us a wonderful example and, and guys, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to, I'm going to make this very clear because uh, some people hang on to one verse and forget a second. Luke 4.22, so all bore witness to him, Jesus, and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, is this not Joseph's son? What we see is Jesus was incredibly gracious at times to people marveled. But then when we read in John and other places, we see where Jesus, there was no grace in Jesus' tone or his choice of words. You are your father, the devil. You're open, you're open sepulcher, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you're like a whitewashed tomb. Oh, you're beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're dead men's bones. You're like rotten. There's nothing good in you. So, so we see that 
there are times and there are seasons when we have to respond accordingly. And I think the greatest wisdom is knowing when. Yeah, he knew who he was speaking to. Absolutely. And that's, uh, that's why we have to be swift to hear, to kind of know who we're speaking to. Sometimes, you know, people in my congregation, and I've known them for years, I know who they are and what's going on. And I find I just listen to them and then uh, smile and just a lot of times it's just they need somebody to talk to. Yeah, they just need to vent, let it get out, and then we go on. But, but Paul even told the church of Colossae, said this in Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Yeah, grace, seasoned with salt. Yeah. Grace and truth, grace and truth. Okay, and then. Clutch and gas, clutch and gas. And, and it's to have the wisdom to know how you ought to answer each yeah. person. Guys, there, there are times, and, and it's a challenging. It's challenging when we have a word of rebuke. Uh, but we can we can do it in the right heart, the right tone, the right uh, attitude. It's incredibly challenging. Jesus shows us, and the Bible tells us that we have to have grace, and that we have to extend grace to each and every person. More importantly, we have to choose our words wisely. If you choose your words wisely, that grace and that salt will come through, and mm-hmm. people will will understand it and and take hold. And appreciate it. Maybe not even in the moment, but as time goes on. But if we attack or if we say things in the wrong tone, the wrong manner, we're going to hurt feelings. We're going to crush feelings. You know, I could have, I could have crushed my daughter and praise God that I didn't. Because I'll be honest with you. When I said you will never get a scholarship for volleyball, you're 5'2", my tone wasn't right. And my daughter, praise God, did not allow now it hurt her it hurt her hard it hurt her feelings but she but, didn't allow it to control her destination she got determined gonna prove her daddy wrong on that yeah one. and praise jesus she did right so when we when we look at this um and guys i'm telling you because as as a pastor and as someone who is just so blunt uh, i probably need to work on this more than anyone and i have been working on this But understand this, when we use carefully crafted words, we can bring life into people. We can help them turn the cat around. Mm -hmm. We can help them understand the value of who they are, but also the value of a word fitly spoken. Mm -hmm. Great opportunities every day, isn't it? It is. And we have to decide, what is it that we really want to do? Do we want to lift people up or do we want to tear them down? And, and depending on your attitude and your goal, you will do one or the other. But don't forget, Jesus says that we will be held accountable for every word, every idle word that we have spoken. And so I am praying today that you choose fitly words seasoned with salt that help bring the person around to be a better person rather than tear them down or try to destroy them. Hey guys, I hope this podcast has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, follow, subscribe. And until next week, God bless.